0: third game of the nba season phoenix suns on the road completing the back end of a two-game road trip go to los angeles go to the crypto.com arena where i didn't realize this matthew but outside of the playoffs the phoenix suns have not won in there since like 2014 did you know that is that true wow
1: i actually annoyed idea. You. you know especially going back that far when the clippers sucked too well then i guess the Suns sucked too at the same yeah. time so it makes sense now yeah
0: yeah but i mean the the streak is over the phoenix suns win 112 to 95 over the los angeles clippers on a sunday night Uh, a nice end to the weekend i think that we all were wondering if the suns could complete and uh i mean right off the bat 11-0 run to start the game they never trailed in the game it's fun watching those kind of games especially when it's the clippers right
1: yeah especially coming off a game where they probably should have beat the trailblazers that one kind of got Mm -hmm. away from them now they came out there you know it's It's kind of like a revenge game in a way where, you know, even like last year, they hate losing this year. They're the same exact team. If they they know they're supposed to beat a team before, they're going to come out and make the other team have to pay for it. And that's what they did tonight. It was it was an easier win, but it was super hard fought just to get that big lead. Um, Great game tonight, man.
0: Yeah, it's As you mentioned, you know, this team easily could be 3-0, and and after what happened in Portland, you were hoping that they would come in focus, and that's definitely what you saw on both ends of the floor. So, definitely to kind of, a lot of things that we're going to be breaking down on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So, first and foremost, thank you and welcome to another edition, another post-game podcast with John and Matthew Jam the sun's jam session podcast make sure you subscribe rate review wherever you're consuming this content if you're watching along on youtube down below hit that thumbs up button we appreciate it if you're listening leave us a review all that fun stuff it helps with analytics or something Let's other people know hey when the game's over you know where to come hang out that's with john and matthew uh because we're going to give you some grade a analysis grade a i don't <laughs> Great, like like fantastic like the best analysis that two fans You know, did you see that whole Warriors locked on podcast thing on Twitter? I did see that. Yeah, that
1: was a really random, weird take. Um, Yeah. I don't understand that because I don't know. I didn't understand it at all. I just feel like everyone starts out kind of the same way. I mean, it wasn't something where it's just like, you know, you have to go to school for if you don't go to school and actually have a real job doing this thing, then they had issues with it. Like, I didn't understand it.
0: Yeah. For those of you who aren't aren't on Twitter, get on Twitter, but the locked on warriors podcast and locked on has every team covered. Uh, they have a locked mm-hmm. on sons content uh, or a podcast, Brendan clean. He's the one who runs that, but essentially they had the two guys on Twitter and they're like, the, the, you know, people who are fans who have podcasts shouldn't be doing podcasts because they don't have access to the team. If you want real content, you don't listen to them. So every time you come here and you press like, it's actually a middle finger to those guys, you know? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Like, it's like, I don't need a degree to do this. It's just two guys who want to sit around, drink beers, and talk about the Phoenix Suns. That's what this podcast is. And if they don't like it, they can get bent, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. And uh, they just have issues with um, they're
0: not getting enough
1: listeners. That just seems like, you know. They do now. just kind of got aired out. Yeah, they do now. They're very popular now,
0: man. <laughs> yeah. Kind of broke the internet there. Yeah, seriously. Everybody's tuning in. <laughs> Tell them to get fucked. So uh, on that note, Matthew, it's a, it's a Sunday night you drinking some holy water tonight what are you drinking oh man i should be uh at the last night i'm just drinking water staying hydrated man (laughs) well i've got this delicious delicious double indian pale ale it's called citra ass down you gotta try this stuff it's so delicious Uh, i'm gonna pop one open right now for everybody pop them if you got them Suns fans let's talk about a win over the clippers huh two and one phoenix suns baby chat is already popping off, so thank you to everybody who is joining us live after the game to watch. And again, if you're listening later, no big deal. Uh, We appreciate you doing that, too. First question of the night, Matthew. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. How many times do the Clippers make quarter-ending buzzer beater (laughs) shots against the Phoenix Suns?
1: Well, it's not just them. I think it's every team,
0: right? But the Clippers in particular. I feel like it's always the Clippers, just, like Nicholas Batum oh, at the end okay. of the first quarter. You know, Suns are smoking them, and then Nicholas Batum hits like a half court three. I'm like, "Fucking it yeah. again.
1: <laughs> that happens to the Suns all the time. And I, I think that um, when I think about those things going in, I always think of you. Like every time, I always think of John. Because you know what like makes me mad? Yeah, because we can never get our two for the two for ones at the end. We're so bad at that still but we always get hit with those buzzer beaters. And it's not like it's a big momentum boost, but sometimes they are tonight. It really kind of wasn't. It was like
0: their one great play from the Clippers. But dude, I think about you all the time when that happens. (laughs) What's funny. (laughs) I actually, I actually posed that question on Twitter and shout out to Says Jay from the fan of the flames podcast. He hopped right on to stathead.com, which is an offshoot of basketball reference. He (laughs) looked it up, put parameters around it. And if you, if you include three seconds or less shots by the opposition, the, the Clippers alone have done it, I think, 15 times or 16 times what he came up with since 2015. So it goes to show you, I'm not just paranoid when I get all pissed off about this. Like, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. To your point, though, Matthew, you know, it didn't really matter uh, because of the way that the Phoenix Suns came out in this game and dominated that first quarter against the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, The Suns shot 60.9% from the field, which was 14 of 23, including 4 of 10 from beyond the arc in the first quarter, to the Clippers uh, 7 of 20 from the field, 35%. And they were 1 for 7 from beyond the arc. And that 1 was that Nicholas Batum half quarter to uh, to end the first quarter. They outscored him 33 to 18 and didn't look back in this game.
1: Yeah, they started the game started the way it finished. And a lot of times in the NBA, it's such a long game, you know. Leads don't matter. You can be up 30 and the team has no problem coming back nowadays. But tonight it just kind of stayed that way. And I think a lot of it had to do with the bench where they came in and played physical along with the um starters. Uh Mikhail Bridges, uh, everyone on the defensive end looked really good against um Paul George, uh Kawhi Leonard didn't come into the second quarter, mm-hmm. but you know, you had, the, you had that matchup between McHale and uh, Paul George where it got started good. Like, he drew the foul on Paul George. And then after that, like, he had the nice block from behind. But that kind of, yeah. like, set the tone. It, it, it really did. There's still a few players within the Suns starting lineup and even like, off the bench that are having a hard time at times passing the ball. We'll talk about them later. But mm-hmm. the defense itself is really what held this victory for the Suns, it it just, it was. And when you think about the Clippers, you think about defense. And it's nice to go up against the Clippers and just know like, hey, we can actually go head-to-head with this team who isn't completely like the healthy team. They don't have the chemistry yet, so they have to build that this season. But that's their own problem. Like the Suns already have that. So this mm-hmm. is like what it's going to look like when the Suns go head-to-head with them. Something if they're in the playoffs with against each other because it's going to be a defensive battle And right now, the Suns are looking good on that
0: end. 100%. And, you know, this is only the third game of the season for both teams. And, you know, both exit this game with a 2-1 and record. And to your point, Matthew, as the season progresses, when we see this team later in the season, it will be a different version of the Clippers, to your point, because they're going to have some of that chemistry. But, again, to your point, I really was honed in on the defense and impressed with the defensive intensity that the Phoenix Suns played with tonight. You know, that's what built that lead in the first quarter and the first half. I mean, by by halftime, they were up by 20. And it's because they had those plenty of those one-and-done possessions for the Clippers in the first half. And that was the most exciting thing because, you know, the Clippers, they're known for playing that five out. And their bench is deep, obviously. When you got John Wall and Kawhi Leonard coming in off the bench because they're trying to build them into, you know, shape and get them ready to uh, be productive as the season progresses it's a deep team yeah and and they're but they're still they're not they're not a big team right you think back to two years ago when the Phoenix Suns made a run to the NBA Finals you know round one they had to play against the Los Angeles Lakers and they had a massive team at the time you know Mark Gasol Andre Drummond uh, Anthony Davis then they played the nuggets and then they played this team that has that tired Lue philosophy of five out. They're going to a million wing defenders. Rocco, Norman Powell, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Luke Kennard. Uh it just keeps going and going and going on on how many wing defenders that these guys have. And that's what was one thing that I really appreciated about the Phoenix Suns is they imposed their will tonight. They said you're going to play that small ball shit. You know, we're going to have Jock Landell out there. He's going to be our biggest guy at what 6'11" and we're going to impose our will. We're not going to we're not going to succumb to you trying to just small ball us to death. And because of that, because of those, those one and dones, they took the Clippers out of their game and, and ultimately built that 20 point lead uh, going into the, uh, uh, into the half.
1: Yeah. And they, they just held on to it. And, The Clippers, uh, even going into this game, I knew they would just have their own issues. And I'm not going to take anything away from this game where I'm just like, oh, these are the Clippers. Like, they suck. You know, it's not like a thing where you're watching the Lakers. You're like, oh, like this team falling apart. Like, they can't even win a game against anybody this year. The Clippers will find their way. It's just such a weird situation with them. But they have their defense still. And they have kind of like, you know, the thing with uh, Coach Lou where everyone believes in him as a coach. So they're kind of just sitting there. They're kind of relaxing. They're not taking these games too seriously. I'm not the sun. I don't think the Suns really are. Like it's it's of course they want to win the game, but it's just like the Suns already have that chemistry, man. That mm-hmm. just is like built. And like Eddie was saying, like the Clippers just have to play. They have to play to prove themselves. All right. Enough talk about the team on the paper. Yep. You know the names look good, but you guys got to play. But once they do, they will be scary. Um, I'm excited though because. Tonight, we were kind of – I think I picked them to lose this game too. I picked the Suns to lose this game because of last
0: game. But yeah, I forget how well they can bounce back like last season. Well, and you're starting to see a lot of chemistry from the second team unit as well. And I think that that's vital to the su- the success of this team because that's our biggest question mark, right, is the bench. Like, how is this bench going to perform? And tonight yeah. was kind of the first night in which the entire team was healthy, right? Cameron Johnson gets a start. Did I didn't think he was going to start. But Cameron Johnson gets the start. Landry Shamit's back. And you're starting to see kind of truly what Monty Williams' vision is relative to those rotations. And, you know, one of the first things uh, when it comes to, like, player drops that I want to talk about is a, a guy who's not only stolen all of Dario Saric's minutes, but he's also stolen my heart. Jesus, this is a nice limo. Yes, it is. Now suck my Jack Landell. So Jack Landell in this game, uh, plenty of minutes played. He played 17 minutes. Uh, and if again, it, fe- it feels like more. But 17 mm-hmm. minutes, he had nine points on four of eight shooting. He had 10 total rebounds. In 17 minutes, he posted a nine and 10 in this game. Uh, one assist. And you know, it begs the question. And I see some of the jamsters are asking it in the chat. Uh Christopher Stewart asks it. He goes, What's going on with Dario? Matthew, what's going on with Dario? <laughs>
1: I don't know. And I saw him on the bench and I feel a little bit bad because he's sitting there and he looked like he's just looking at other fans. Like he's just like, What is going on? You know, he's having a hard time with it because he obviously wants to play, but Jock is just that much better. Like I Bingo. don't even he is just so much better than what Dario would bring us. Uh even passing wise, the way that Jacques was playing tonight, it just reminded me: Is it Jacques? Jo- Why do I say Jacques? Like he's like I don't know, French like he, something
0: Jacques? Like he's the, the dog from uh, Lady in the Tramp. You know? <laughs> he's Australian. Yeah. Jack. It doesn't even make it. land, down. yeah. Suck my jock. All right. Yeah. He uh,
1: he was basically like the ball boy tonight, underneath the rim, like giving these guys second looks. Like it was just he puts himself under the basket and great positioning to get any kind of board to make an effort his dunks too, man. When he dunks and starts screaming, he's like ferocious. Like, I love that, man. Like we need that coming off the bench. He does everything that Dario, he, well, I don't want to compare it that way. I was going to say he does everything that Dario does, but he does it better. But I kind of wanted to say like, he can do what Aiton does, but not as good. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like he can be, in the league, he can't. I don't think he should be the Sun starting center, but I think he has the opportunity to be that kind of guy. Like, because like, McGee's the starting center right now, right? Jacques, I feel like, can be on those teams that there's just no one out there. He can be the five, he can play 30 minutes a game as long as he doesn't get into foul trouble. Because tonight, I feel like he actually played some real minutes. Like, we mm-hmm. actually got because I, I was going to look up his minutes the last few games, but like, how many did he even play? I was going to see because I think they were like below both, 15, but he also right? had
0: like four fouls in both. So that yeah. was, was he had foul trouble. So again, ten minutes and
1: fourteen minutes. Yeah, tonight seventeen. So it's going to continue to bloom as long as he can stay as out of foul as trouble. As long as he stays
0: out of foul trouble, because he's a highly active player. So generally, what happens with those with those highly active players is they come in and their motors going so much that sometimes they can't turn it off, and that comes out in the form of shooting fouls at times. You know, but you look at him and like he like I swear he eats his food off the glass, right? Because he lives down there. He's constantly fighting on the boards. Uh, when you're in transition, he just runs right to the paint and plants himself. And that's one thing that I love. I love his paint presence. And, you know, he makes it, he makes it easy for himself in the fact that uh, when his teammates are driving to the rim, like he, they know he's going to be around there somewhere because that's just where he lives. Uh, and he still does stress the four a little bit. You know, you, you take a look at tonight, and he jacked up a couple threes again, and he was 0 for 2. But he was, you know, he still has that aspect of his game just enough to where you have to respect it just enough to where, you know, it will stretch the defense just a little bit. But, you know, Dar- it sucks for Dario because we're we're fans of Dario and kind of what he does and the lunch pail mentality that he has. But everything that that Dario does, Jock Landale does 10 times better. He can actually dunk the ball. He jumps, he rebounds. And it's like when he rebounds the ball, he rebounds the ball. It's not like he has to tip it six times, get it to himself, fall on the ground, shove somebody out of the way on the way down, smoke a pack of Siggies on the way down. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh yeah. C Buxtabar says it in the chat. He says, Dario's gonna have to put the SIGs down to get in the game. I think that's yeah. kind of where we're at with Dario. And and that's okay. If if Dario Sarch becomes like your 14th player off the bench, guess what? I think you're doing okay.
1: Yeah. No, you definitely are, and he had that move too tonight, where it was like the little pick and roll, or no, it wasn't a pick and roll. He just had the ball at the on the perimeter, and he just was he faked it a little pass to whatever guard was on the floor, and he kind of just rolled to the rim. He was wide open, but he had someone that actually met him at the rim. But that kind of situation, Dario would actually maybe miss a layup. He might pass it out. He yeah. might get fouled in that situation. But Jock, when he gets to the rim, I'm like, wait, is he gonna finish? Like I'm like, oh my God, like yeah. he finished and laid the pole in. I'm like, this is awesome to have. Like that is just, I'm just yeah. saying, like, I'm not used as a, to seeing that. For as a, a backup. backup
0: center, that's fantastic to have. Yeah. Uh Harry Pat Phoenix <laughs> says in the chat, asks, will Dario be involved in a future Jake Crowder trade? What do you think, Matthew? Yeah. Oh, there's, I think so. I, I think it so would be,
1: Just because I think the way the Suns organization is, I know Jay's leaving in a bad note, but that's his own deal. I think the way that they treat these players now is like kind of like Popovich, what he did to Jacques. Jacques, there you go. I'm just going to call him Jacques the whole time. Give him to a team that actually can, you know, play him and use him and that's winning a team. I feel like we can treat him, treat him that way to where we can trade Dario so he can play minutes somewhere else because he's not going to get a lot of minutes here. So it would make sense for them to trade him for that reason.
0: Well, it, it does. And the other reason it makes sense is because both him and Jay are expiring contracts. And collectively they make about 20 million a year. So if you're looking for an opportunity to try to upgrade in some way, shape, or form, and, and that's what James Jones is doing right now. He's playing the long game. Everybody is wondering what's up with Jay. Is he gonna be here? Is, is he gonna eventually come back? Is he gone? Just because he wants to leave doesn't mean you have to just instantly trade him for pennies on the dollar. You know, that's something Ryan McDonough would have done. He like, I don't want to be here. Okay. Greg Monroe, come on over, Greg. Come on. You suck. (laughs) But he he said he didn't want to be here. You know? So it's like, he's playing the long game. And and unfortunately, you know, Dario Sarch could potentially be one of the people who, if, if there's an opportunity to create a transaction, it would help make sense to do that. So, uh, we'll see what happens moving forward with Dario. We'll see if it's um, also. This is another matchup thing we we're talking about a little on the last podcast. Uh, it's it's situational, right? Like you're playing of mm-hmm. uh, you're playing against the Clippers, a team that likes to five out. Guess what? Dario does not survive in that kind of concept. We didn't see a lot of Dario in the Western Conference Finals two years ago for that exact reason.
1: Yeah, he. I we do love him, but it just makes sense. And if he's out there, it's one of the things we're like, okay, when's he coming out? Like when Jock's in there, I'm like, wait, don't ever take this guy out. I don't yeah. want him out. I want him to play with the first and second
0: unit. He can play with both of them. Ooh. Yeah, he he Well, and and that's the question you posed on Twitter: Is he a starting center?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, he, I'm just saying, like, okay, so hypothetically, if Da ever got traded in the past two years, which you know they've always talked about him being on the block, I just think Jacques is that jock is jock. that guy that would come dude i'm gonna
0: <laughs>
1: I'm, call him Landell. no nah, jock um he's that guy that could be the the five on a team like the suns have kind of if da wasn't there if like they were to trade like for kevin durant or something that would happen jock is like the perfect five to play with that starting. i think with that starting lineup if you were to have like KD in there, I just think he's that guy. You can just put him in there. He will not have to play like 40 minutes, but he's a good starting center. I think from what I'm seeing, and it's only been three games. All right. Yeah, so I mean, chill is, the fuck out. This right? is like
0: overreaction corner. Yeah. I I'm just saying he, he, he has the talent move. to be a starting center in like Charlotte. Yes, that's correct. I don't think he has the ability yeah. to be a starting center for this team. Uh, no, I think not DeAndre. De- DeAndre Ayton is, is leaps and bounds better than he is. Oh, yes. but, but he does have a motor. And that's, and that's why we knew. Joining this team, that he would have the effect that he's having is because he has a motor, and we value that. It's people who yep. don't have a motor who really drive us crazy, right?
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. There, there you the Big Dick Booker. All right, Devin Booker tonight once again showing up and showing out. Thirty-five points on twenty-one shots taken, five of nine. Yeah from beyond the arc only four from four from the free throw line so generally when you see a line like 35 points you're thinking he got to the line like he did last time i think he shot nine nine free throws Mm -hmm. against the uh the Portland trailblazers only Mm -hmm. four tonight had four assists uh big dick booker man doing it again you take a look now so 61 plus 35 he scored 96 total points on the season he's averaging 32 points a game to start the season matthew
1: yeah, and I'm selfish. I want him to continue to get over 30. Oh, me too. He's, he started out so well tonight, and I was kind of like, oh, because he kind of dropped off a little bit. He was missing some shots, and he was kind of missing Aiden at some time. Some parts are in the game where Aiden's wide open again. I'm like, please don't start doing this. Where Aiden's down there, and there's a mismatch, but he doesn't lob it over to him. There were things like that that was happening, but I'm like, dude, 35 is kind of a sneaky one towards the end. I know he finished the game really well, had a nice 3. Yeah. Um, but he had that nice dunk. He kind of took over in the fourth. Um, so it was kind of a sneaky 35, but maybe that's the way he is now. Maybe he's just a sneaky 30 plus point game guy and I love that. I want him to average 30 points a game this year. Like oh, I want 29-30. I just think he he's at that level in his career currently where he needs to get that and he has to have it and it's going to be that thing where it's just going to be so easy for him now cuz I'm telling you, dude. He was missing there
0: for a while, and then all of a sudden, he has 35. Well, it's just it's his efficiency that's the key. You know, he can go missing for a while. Uh, you don't need you don't need a ton of volume for him to score, and that's always kind of been the mo for Devin Booker. Is he's going to find a way to put points in the basket and do it in a variety of different ways? <laughs> the fact that he was doing it from uh, from beyond the arc with such efficiency again, five for nine from beyond the arc. I mean that that's a fantastic performance from Devin Booker. Uh, doing all the other things as well, you know, being that junkyard dog, being the the, the, the aggression, the, the guy talking shit to the fans. You know, we always we mm-hmm. love that. We love to have that kind yeah. of player on our team. And, you know, like you said, sneaky thirty five. I'm OK with it. That's what you need from him. And we're going to need it. And, and I'm just like you, Matthew. I'm greedy. I'm greedy as fuck. I want as much as I can from Devin Booker every night because I want I want him to break TC's record. Like it's one of those like low key yeah. things that I've just always wanted to happen. No one and, in this franchise has averaged over 27.9 points in a season.
1: Yeah, and he needs to be a no-doubt all-star starter. Yes. And he needs to be a no-doubt first-teamer. Yes. He already made that, so there shouldn't be any kind of like sway to another player. If he puts up those stats, the winning will be there. So that's the one thing. The stats aren't always as good as the other players, but they will hopefully this year, just to keep him up there. Yep.
0: Lights. Cameron. Action. All right, your boy Cameron Johnson did play. We actually got a full game from him. Yay, Cameron Johnson. And guess (laughs) what? Four of six from the field, including three of four from beyond the arc, had five rebounds, two assists, 11 total points. Uh, The one issue with Cameron Johnson, obviously, was the fact that he got into some foul trouble. Of those 11 points, he scored five of those in the fourth quarter when he finally could play a little bit more free. Uh what what would what'd you see from your boy tonight, man? How'd you how do you think Cam did in his, his first game this season where he played the entire fucking thing? Well, dude, I can't get over when he walks on the court, like how good he looks. Like he looks like a
1: freaking man out there now, dude. It's just over the summer, like you know, in school when all of a sudden you come back to school and like the girl has huge boobs. You know what I mean? It's like, oh dude, Cameron Johnson's a man. Like, now. She grew up. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Um, so I, I honestly think Cameron Johnson, the foul trouble thing is kind of sucky because those fouls were just so stupid he has a hard time of course playing against paul george and that's that's fine he'll learn he'll he'll do better just staying on the floor is the biggest thing those fouls are just so stupid they don't even need to happen man just continue to avoid those that way you can stay on there because he's lights out from three in a game like this it's not like we needed it you know exactly but he hit some big threes at times especially in the fourth and the, cor- the corner is like his home now man he's like He's like the new PJ Tucker but yeah. a better <laughs> just a better all-around player I feel like and he makes them like always on one foot it's always like off balance nothing but net um he's he he's looking good I just think that he has a lot to do or a lot to work to do on defensive end and we knew that we knew like boxing out playing defense against the bigger players but even Paul George who's smaller than him guys that know how to actually get to the rim like just body control on his end needs to work out to where he's not in the way these players in such a weird angle.
0: No, I, I completely agree. And that's that's the learning process, right? Uh, as Blaze Megatron yeah. says, Cam's boobs are massive now. <laughs> Fucking huge, uh, yeah. <laughs> now he,
1: he wears two shirts now. He honey, wears two shirts now. Just to hide Just to hide them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, and I see some of the people in the chat they're like, well, he didn't play a full game. You know, he didn't play in the third quarter because of foul trouble. Yeah, but we're not sitting here at the end of the game being like, oh, shit, he's cramping up or his tailbone hurts. Like, yeah, that's we, the one we, thing. Yeah. We got fourth quarter cam tonight. And I think that that's valuable for this team. And that's something that could become a thing. You know, fourth quarter cam, Q4 cam, I could definitely see that becoming a thing. Not only uh, on the Phoenix Suns, but here on the podcast. Like, I love seeing Q4 cam out there playing with aggression playing to your point, you know, camping up in that three point uh, corners pocket and just, and stroking them down. Right. And again, mm-hmm. you know, that, that that's going to be the biggest challenge for him is he is somebody who has not played against the first team units and they're going to target him. The opposition is going to target him because mm-hmm. they know that he's somebody who kind of has an affinity for fouls. When you're a bench player, that doesn't really matter. Right. Like you get like three, four fouls and you go to sit back down because you weren't <laughs> supposed to be playing for a while, but guess what? Like, you know, he, he's he got to learn as a power forward in this league, you got to foul less because he had his fourth foul with 1104 left in the third quarter. And that's the learning curve. Like that's learning how to live with those boobs. Right. Like, do you get a training bra? Is it like a front one or a back one? I don't know. I don't know how they work, but like that's what he's trying to figure out now is yeah. how do I get used to having them titties?
1: exactly and uh the fourth quarter guy it's gonna be a thing it was a thing in the playoffs a couple of years ago he was hitting huge shots in the playoffs so hes he's been there before he knows what he's doing
0: yeah he knows what he's doing and i think that as long as he stays healthy man great things are going to happen for him in this case yes, more, a yeah. more cohesive unit uh his twin played to get played pretty well together <laughs> uh, today too And twins, there you go i did your little it's twin so disgusting, drop. Man. there you go you mentioned it a little bit earlier. He had that great sequence where he blocked PG-13 from behind, went down on the other side of the court, uh, got an offensive board, and then put it back like some physicality from Mikhail Bridges is what we saw tonight in in a game where he only had seven points. He was three of nine from shooting or or three of nine shooting, one of three from beyond the arc, uh, and he had four assists, four rebounds. But he had that block shot, and I, I think that you know, again, when you play a team like the Clippers, a wing-heavy team, he's got to be very good. I'd be, I'm going to be very interested to look at the advanced statistics to see how he fared from a defensive rating standpoint. But I think he did a really good job with the switches, with the pestering, and with some of the physicality because the, the Clippers are a they're a big wing team, right? Like Kawhi yeah. Leonard, Paul George, Marcus Morris—all the, the, these are big dudes. They're not—they're thick-ass mofos, and he held his own. I feel.
1: He did uh offensively. I don't know. It's really there. I think Code said, well, he says uh Bridges was playing soft as as F, which is true offensively. Defensively, he's always gonna be there, mm-hmm. I think. Offensively, though, yeah, it seemed like it was kind of like last year's cam. Like it just that certain times where he was just so hesitant in the lane, like he would go down there and he only had one turnover. But a lot of the times he had a hard time like controlling the ball in there. A lot of the suns did. Once you win the paint, they kept losing the ball, it seemed like all the time. Um, But he just needs to be more aggressive again and shoot a lot more in the paint, get to the rim more. Like he just needs to continue to do that. But I really do think like if he is just so focused defensively, I don't really care anymore. He's going to put up like the stat lines that Josh Jackson used to like the seven points, 13 points a night, like the six rebounds, stuff like that. But defensively, if you're going up against Kawhi and Paul George, it's it's fine. Like I'd rather have just that off that effort defensively. Cause I think that's where he kicks himself the most is if he's not performing defensively, then he's going to get upset. And we don't want that. I think he can just focus on that. Offensively, at some times, he can be aggressive, but it's just so hit and miss. And yeah. I hope that's not a thing all season, but I guess if it is, yeah, it probably I can't is. complain, really. Maybe he's just, he's just an elite defender, man. I mean, what else
0: well, do you want? Like, well, that, that that's what he is. He's a 3D yeah. guy. We want him to be more like Scottie Pippen. And in the first couple of games, we saw – more of that Scotty esque quality, if you will, right? Like aggressive in transition. There wasn't a ton of transition in this game. You know, if I if I look at the box score, let's see, uh, fast break points: seven for the Suns, eleven for the Clippers. So it's not like these are two teams that are running up and down the court, you know, no. in fast break and transition. You know, total turnovers in this game, the uh, the Clippers had fifteen, which left led to eighteen Suns points and thirteen and 12 for the Suns. So the turnovers were there. The opportunity was there, but Mikhail just wasn't. And I think it's because they have some big wing defenders. So they disrupt mm-hmm. him when he's on offense, they disrupt him defensively. So, you know, in a game like this, you go, okay, we beat the shit out of them. Cam, did we need him to go crazy? No. When we play against Portland, a, a, a team or even, uh, fuck, who'd be playing the season opener? Dallas. 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 Even a team like Dallas. Dallas. Uh, we, <laughs> you know, they don't have, (laughs) they don't have as many, uh, physical wing defenders and that's where he can excel offensively and take advantage of some of those matchups. Uh, how happy do you think he is that the Philadelphia Phillies are in the world series, Matthew playing the Houston Astros?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I was
0: looking at the score. I'm not
1: going to watch that shit. Like they're down 3-0. I'm not going to watch them lose to the Astros who always kick their ass every year. You know, I'm sick of seeing it. It's the same thing. And then um Phillies I'm excited that they look so good like their uniforms or helmets everything looks good like I don't know I'm excited for them because they
0: just look good <laughs> to be did you in there, see but I'm the not uh, it. did you see the Bryce Harper home run today
1: uh I saw the one that was the opposite field one yeah the oppo one yeah. I mean that was the yeah. one that was
0: a two-run shot that put them ahead mm-hmm. and they ultimately beat the Padres and he just hit it and just like watched it and I mean I think it barely danced. cleared though too right yeah but it went it yeah. went you know but it's yeah. just like yeah the Phillies versus Yankees in the World Series uh for Astros uh, yeah yeah, or yeah, what I say, did I say Yankees? Yeah, dude, that's so Yankees. 2009. Oh, I'm sorry, man. All right, uh, it's I'm doing baseball, it's no all. more baseball. Philadelphia. Well, let's do a drop for a guy who, who earned it tonight,
1: Ray, I wouldn't feel comfortable lending you $200 without a job.
0: Tory Craig tonight, 24 and a half minutes played, three of seven from the field, two of five from beyond the arc, had nine total rebounds and eight points. I'll give him his flowers tonight, man. I thought Torrey Craig played a great game, and it it reminded me of the value that Torrey Craig had with this team when we played against the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. He was valuable in that series. He was valuable tonight.
1: Yeah, he was awesome tonight. This is like making up for everything that he kind of missed throughout the last season and this season so far. It was Torrey Craig that we kind of remember hitting those threes He's always left wide open in the corner, nailing those, but just like the second efforts um, anytime, you know, no one's really paying attention to him too much, trying to box him out. He can sneak in there, get some uh, offensive rebounds, which that's like his game, man. Like he was doing everything he's supposed to be doing. And every time like we needed like an extra effort. If jock's not out there, he looks good with jock and he looks good, obviously with the, with the first unit too tonight, but he just, he's the guy that's going to give us the second chances again. That's we'll see if this keeps up, man. Cause this looked awesome. This is like, the way that we want him to perform obviously yeah. but this is just like the missing piece it's like kind of like the way to hold these 10 to 20 point leads you need a guy that comes off the bench and does stuff like this that could just yes. irritate the team and get those guys second chances and if he's playing this way dude it's very very exciting because i'm i he might be jam start Whoa.
0: <laughs> contender who knows Whoa. who knows dude. i'll tell i'll tell you this yeah and you're right you know, it's, it's clear that, okay, the whole team was healthy tonight. Yeah. Right. So Monty Williams showed his hand on what his expectation is on what he's going to do with our rotations and Cam Johnson got in foul trouble. His backup power forwards, Tory Craig, like good, bad, or indifferent right now. That's reality. And we need to hope and pray that we get more of these performances from Craig. This is not, this is a game in which he didn't play up to the expectation level of his jersey number, which is zero. He played way beyond that. Again, 8 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, plays with some really good defense. He's physical enough to play against those wings that the Clippers have. So, uh, Blaze Megatron is one of our elite jamsters. If you'd like to become an elite jamster on YouTube, simply click the Join button uh, on the desktop. I don't think it's available on mobile. Uh, but he says, Boo, yeah, yeah. Voida, give him the juice drop. Okay, simply because you are an elite jamster and he earned it. So, There you go. You can't say that we are a podcast of, yeah. by, and for <laughs> the people, man. Dude, uh, yeah, I guess he earned it already. It's funny because Shamit really had to work for
1: his, but I guess Craig just gets it right away after one game. Right? Yeah,
0: one game. Well, I'm not even going to play the sh- the Shamit drop. Okay. So... All I can say is Sham. See how I didn't say wow? Because it's not wow. Yeah, you know what? I was trying to answer my back, too. Thanks a lot. <laughs> You're it's the season <laughs> debut for for Landry Shamit. Two of five from mm-hmm. the field, two of five from beyond the arc. Shot a couple free throws. Uh, defensive rebound. He did have that one. I don't see it. Does it count as a steal? Yeah, they got it. No, did they put a steal in there? I don't see a oh, steal. They, oh, they, he did get the one steal. He had a great steal on the interior. Uh, but Landry Shamit is back now. Two of five. You know, if you think about two of five, mathematically speaking. That's 40%. That's what we want from him, right? Were you happy with his two for five?
1: Yeah, I liked it. Uh, he seemed kind of out of sync with the offense a few times, but I'm uh, just getting yelled at like, hey, like move over here. You're not supposed to be in that part. Uh, whatever the fuck they say on the court. You know, yeah. but you can tell something's kind of off when you're watching that. But he's fine. He, like He didn't really handle the ball. I know we're really looking forward to him kind of being the point guard, maybe, uh, coming off the bench. But tonight, he was just kind of staying there, just letting the offense kind of flow around. He would get the ball once in a while, but he hit some good shots, and they weren't, like, forced. Um, it was nice, like, kind of an easy-going kind of night tonight for Shamit. Maybe he can be a guy that can handle the ball more, but right now, I kind of like this, you know. I know he's getting paid a lot, but if he does go two for five and hits a couple big threes, that's not bad. That's not bad for me. I think it's okay. As long as he's not fucking up, like turn the ball over and stuff, then that's good. Well
0: well that that's the key. You know, you, you can't have him out there turning the ball over and and you know, again, like in this concept, if you will, and, and he's making what nine million, you know. So yeah, he, he makes ten and there's some options and guarantees later in his contract. So he's not getting paid a ton. So I think price for value paid, like, yeah, it's he's he is where he's at. Um Seeing as everyone's healthy, I knew he wasn't going to get in any any opportunities to kind of run the offense in any way, shape, or form. Uh, But that is a possibility with him moving forward. I was just happy to see him out there hitting a couple shots. Uh, One of the threes I felt was kind of big because it was kind of a uh, uh, a slump buster, if you will. It's like the the Clippers were starting to put a little run together. Then, boom, he hit a three, and it kind of pushed the lead back to like 14 or 15 at the time. And I was like, okay, that's what we need from Shamit. Hopefully, as time progresses... You know, we're going to see a little bit more and we're going to get, you know, is it, like when Shamus gives you like a 12 point plus performance, like that is a stellar performance from Landry Shamus. So knowing that he came out tonight and he scored the eight points like that's I give that a B, maybe a B plus, uh, especially in his first game back. Like that's what you need. You need the uh you need him to shoot 40 percent from three and good things will happen. Hell, great things will happen for this team.
1: Yeah. Slump buster, slump buster. That's perfect. I love that because that's what we need. That's those big threes that like kind of put you back up teams mm-hmm. coming back. It's like 11 points. Like we don't want that Would put it back up to 14. That's what we need from a man. It was good to see him hit those. Right.
0: Here comes the pain. We saw plenty of Cameron Payne tonight. Uh, he played 14 minutes, but he had 10 points in those 14 minutes. Uh, and in those 14 minutes, he shot the ball 11 times. So we talk about efficient book, making 35 points on 21 shots. It took 10 shot or 10 points. It took 11 shots for campaign to get 10 points. Uh, he had two turnovers, two assists in this game, but I felt like his, uh, his aggression, his activeness, like that's what we want from campaign. We want quick campaign. That's what hurt him last year. And what really set setting set and forth, at least in my mind, a negative connotation. It's like, listen, we want somebody who can be a facilitator, but we want somebody who could be effective behind Chris Paul. And last season, he wasn't even effective because his primary superpower, if you will, his speed, was taken from him. We saw a little bit more of that speed today. We saw a little bit more of that aggression. Good, bad, or indifferent. It's what we got from Cameron Payne. Uh, one of three from beyond the arc. And he was taking long-ass threes today, too
1: he was and you know i'm okay with it if, if he were to get assists off his miss layup so dude he would actually probably get a double double every night yeah like those layups so i don't know what he's doing i know eddie pointed out where it's like you know what he throws it up there it's kind of good because jock can go get it because he knows he can so he kind of throws it up there i don't know if that's a thing that he does on purpose because jock right now on the team is the best offensive rebounder we have so mm-hmm. if he throws it up there it's like uh, does it matter like if it's going to go in or not because the guy can get the rebound, and put it in. I still don't like those layups. I think he's just like kind of fading away from everything too much. He's making it too hard on himself. A lot of times, which he is a smaller player trying to get over those big guys. You have, you have to do that, but the angles and stuff are just really weird. The- they don't ever look good. It's just, he's like chucking them up there. Um, It was an okay game from him. I just think that he needs to, he needs to be a little bit more consistent with those layups and not every like possession, when he comes out there it has to be him driving to the lane. Agreed. You know what I mean? He did have a nice pass to DA tonight and I was really yep. shocked to see that. Um, but it's just, I'm still not very happy with it. I'm not, I don't think he's doing a really good job, man. I think he, he needs, he needs to chill out a little bit on those layups, dude. I'm serious. Like, that's just a weird thing. It's like, it is like a though. chucker from the layup line, dude. It's really weird.
0: Yeah. And again, it's like the, the, it's, for anybody it's a high percentage shot for camera pain. It's not because he makes it mm. difficult. Cause he has to make it difficult, right? Like, as you mentioned, he's a smaller guy. So the angles, he has to throw the ball up off the glass are really tough. So it, where it's normally like 50 to 60% for somebody down there, it becomes like 30% chance that he's going to make it. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating to watch. I mean, he had that one mislayup that was really frustrating. I think that's kind of what predicated this conversation is the fact that he had that mislay for it. Come on campaign. Like, you know, he's making some good shots. He's got the aggression. Um, I think that he's really he, – he's, he's got to be valuable for this team. We need him to be valuable for this team. Yeah, Monday morning quarterback says in the chat, like, his defense is much better. And, again, yeah. that's, what, that's what this team thrived on tonight was their defensive intensity. And Cameron Payne was a huge part of that. And everybody we've mentioned thus far was a huge part of that. And I, I'm appreciative of that. But if you look up and down the box score, there's one player who does not have – a positive plus minus on the entire team. It's campaign who was a zero, not one player. He's the only one. So in his 14 minutes played, you know, 14 and a half minutes played, he, uh it was a zero from plus minus, which we know it's like not an end all be all stat. It's like a per 36. You have to take it with a grain of salt and, and, you know, only use it when it benefits your argument, like I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> What else you got? Who else? Who? Oh, you know what? We haven't even talked about this guy. The point God. All right here we are again. Here we are again. Thirty-two minutes played for the point guard. He had eleven assists, seven points. He had one steal, three of eleven from the field, one of eight from downtown. What do we do with Chris Paul? How do we digest that? Because again, seven points. 11 assists, and the Phoenix Suns win by, what, almost 20, 17 points? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you can't hit panic. You can't hit panic, but do you hit panic? I guess that's the question.
1: With his shot, no. I, I think he's getting the looks. It's just not falling right now. I'm not worried about that. It's his, like, passing, man. His passes are terrible. He's How many turnovers did he have tonight? Did he have just the, did Only a say? couple. Sorry. Only, a, Only couple. a couple, yeah. But like, they're like barely getting to the players. They're like, they're like so close to being turnovers almost all the time. It seems like, and he's not really setting up anybody for good looks. Like he had eleven, he had eleven assists. But I swear, there's so many plays out there, man, where it's just like, it's almost like he's throwing the game sometimes in some passes. But he's I'm not, like, he's not. I know, I know, but it just looks, it looks bad, and he just needs to m- make that more crisp. Then he'll be fine. I'm not worried about his shot though, because. Those will fall. He's getting good looks. He's getting to his spots. I feel like he's ha- he's wide open from three. He'll have those games where he pretty soon he'll have a game where he puts up a lot of points. I'm just worried about the passing and how he's out there facilitating the ball right now because it doesn't look good. I know with 11 assists, of course, eight rebounds but... too, eight rebounds. Yeah, didn't but there's just that. something about those. It's like a little bit slow, man. Maybe that's one thing that's going to come into his. He can come into his groove pretty soon with that. I hope. Because that's going to be big, dude. We just need that consistency where those passes are there.
0: I don't know what he's doing. I'll, t- I'll tell you this we are 4% of the way through the season. So if Chris Paul is going for 7 and 11 and 8 and we're winning by 17, I'm absolutely fine with it. Again, I think that, you know, we, we I think you mentioned on the last pod where it's like maybe he's working himself into the season. I think 100% he's working himself into the season. 100%. Yeah. You know, so I think that he's, uh, when you look at the stat line, you see the missed shots. That's where people are going to overreact. I don't want anyone to think that I'm overreacting because I'm not. I just, you know, he's picking and choosing his spots. He's no. getting some. The 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 Clippers were literally inviting him to shoot open threes, and that's what he did. And to your point, Matthew, he, that shot's going to fall. And if teams are going to start to do that, they're like, oh yeah, no, he's he's washed. Don't don't guard him from the mm-hmm. perimeter. They're gonna they're gonna learn real quick. They're gonna pay for that. So. Again, I think it's highly beneficial that his usage rate has dropped for this team because it allows the other members of his team to increase their usage, which is beneficial for this team. You know, it wasn't Chris Paul shooting free throws against Portland last or on, on Saturday night or Friday night or whatever fucking night it was. Uh, it was it was DeAndre Ayton. You know, that, that that's the way it should be. Growth. We're growing. So when you see CP3 have these kind of uh, have these kind of games, look at everyone else around them like they're thriving. So. 11 assists, 12 assists last game. I mean, he's probably leading the league in assists already. That's all you want from the point guard right now. That justifies his contract. And again, how many minutes did he play in this game?
1: 31, 32. 32, 32. Perfect.
0: Right where it we, it doesn't
1: want. seem like he's even out there that long either. Like, it no, seems like he's Because he's
0: not fully engaged, he's right? not like, dude. He's, yeah. he's, he's he's on the side. You know, again, the possessions are occurring. The other members of the team are trying to figure it out. And if they get stuck on a play, then they'll dish it out to him, and then he'll facilitate something with eight seconds left. Like that's the way the offense should run. And, mm-hmm. and especially if you want growth, and that's exactly what's occurring with this team right now. Yep. Yes, indeed. Yes, All we right, going to talk about to the other dude. Insert the other dude, DeAndre Ayton. We took this long in the podcast because it was kind of a a ho-hum game from him. You know, 13 points. uh, He had eight rebounds in this game. He had five personal fouls. So it's another one of those games where the whistles just weren't necessarily going his way. So we didn't see a lot of DeAndre Ayton. Um, I'm not, again, I I don't think in any way, shape, or form I'm going to be critical of his performance tonight.
1: No, I'm not. I mean, it was kind of just one of those things where I feel like if he really got involved early in the game, that it would have been a different outcome. I think he just wasn't really involved. They went a different kind of way tonight. You know what I mean? Booker kind mm-hmm. of just took over, Um, but he wasn't really giving the ball a lot down there and that's fine. It's fine. I mean, there were times where I said Booker before there was, there was Aiden in front of him and he just went lobbing the ball. So, but they are finding him on the lobs a lot more this year already where they just throw it up to the rim. Then he can go get it, especially on the mismatches. But the the thing is, like with Zubac, it's when he plays against Zubac, I always feel like everyone's always like, oh, Zubac would start the season like this guy, like center, that's awesome. But he just seems like a poor man's version of Aiden. Like, I feel like Aiden can really handle him better than anybody else can. Mm-hmm. I think I don't he know. I'm, not, I'm not,
0: Zubac a lot. He really, yeah, him.
1: he really does. He just I don't think he really has a chance against Aiden. But I think if we just needed something from Aiden a little bit more, we probably would have got it. But we just didn't need it. And you can kind of tell in the fourth where Aiden was kind of just. Not lollygagging, but he was just kind of just, you know, doing he was his own there. thing out there. Yeah, He was just out there. He just knew we had to win, which is fine right now. But, uh yeah, I don't know, man. It's just because it's a weird game from him.
0: Yeah, again, you know, he was pestering Zubats. That's what he needs to do. He looked pretty solid early on, but as the game progressed and the fouls kind of racked up on him, it took him out of his rhythm. And that's what happens with any NBA player. Like, if Dev Booker had five fouls tonight, he wouldn't have 35 points. He, just, he wouldn't have the rhythm in an effort to execute what he did tonight. So, there's no world where I'm going to sit there I'm going to look at a stat line and go, oh, what a horrible game by DeAndre. No, it's, it was a serviceable game. He did what he needed to do, and again, the team won by, yeah. uh, by 17. The challenge with DeAndre tonight, though, is he was the subject of <laughs> our Suns <laughs> Jam poll. The Suns Jam session. Bet on it. 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 Brought to you by Sahara Bets, the newest place to win some money. So, if you don't follow us on Twitter, please do. Uh, what we'll do every every game day is we're going to go ahead and we're going to put a, a jam session poll out there in the morning, and we're going to take a look at one of those Sahara Bets lines, and we're going to let you, we're going to ask you guys like, hey, should we bet the over on this? Should we bet the under on this? And if you follow Sahara Bets and you reply in the chat with what you think is going to actually occur, as well as voting on it, you have an opportunity to win a, si- a Sun's prize pack. Eighty eight point seven percent of our voters. Voted that he would hit the over on points, which was 18 and a half tonight, Matthew. 18 Mm -hmm. and a half. He hit the under in this one. And everybody who commented, again, shout out to everyone who commented, but guess what? Only one person got it right, and that was Trevor Paxson. So at TR Paxson on Twitter, you are our Sahara Bets winner. You're going to win a Suns prize pack, so we're going to have you get in contact with them uh, and hook that up. So thank you for voting on that poll. And again, make sure you Follow that and follow us every morning on Twitter. Cause we're going to be just dishing out the money, man. That's what it's about. Man. That's what it's about, man. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say personally, under, like this, yeah, so. he, yeah, he, so said, he wasn't he's, too sure. So like under, I guess. No? Yeah, yeah, we got to, we got to, and I'll tell you this. I had a, uh, I had a parlay with his points and I had an alternate on it where it was like 14 and a half points. I needed like one more basket from him. And it was like Booker over 25 and son of a bitch. <laughs> German, <laughs> Sorry, German, German. I'll tell you who's not getting my jam star. Uh, it's DeAndre Ayton. That's that's for sure. He's for not sure. getting my damn star. Not tonight. Um Matthew, you were hanging out yeah. somewhere tonight, right? No. No? No. Should you have been?
1: Maybe. Oh, yes.
0: The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Maybe? I was. I'm like shit, man. You said you were gonna do the <laughs> subreddit. Yeah, tonight. like
1: la- Yeah, like last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I went in there, uh, a little cock eyed, uh, you know, checking out what they were talking about over there. And uh What's nothing the name too crazy. Their subreddit. Oh, I have no idea, man. Was it like at, I at the numbers or some shit? I don't know. I didn't look at the name actually, I just closed it out. So I'll look it up later. I'll text you about it and let you okay, know what cool. it is called. And then I'll <laughs> tell everybody next time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was in there, they were um they were wishing that Wall and Kawhi were out there to get the offense going. Uh, very low uh, effort from the offense right now. Just, I think when they come out early in the game, you just don't know what you're going to get from this offense right now because you know this is not going to be the starting lineup, right? Yeah, that's got to so be frustrating kind of as a Clippers fan, though, right? Yeah,
0: like, you got John Wall, you got Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. and like they didn't, you we didn't see Kawhi Leonard till the second quarter. Which <sighs> yeah, is-
1: seven, it's like six minute mark. That's when he comes in. It's like every second quarter and fourth quarter, he comes at the six minute mark yeah so that
0: just throws everything off that's gotta be tough but but uh john wall though tonight man like yeah god i forgot how fast he was man
1: yeah he um someone actually commented how do we snag prime john wall he looked like old john wall sometimes
0: right except he was bricking a lot of shots although prime john wall used to brick a lot of shots but from a speed standpoint like he starts getting going downhill and you're just like fuck man
1: yeah no he got to the rim and he got through a couple guys, which was really surprising. I mean, if he can do that all year, that's actually a weapon. It was one of the things where he was picked up this year. And a lot of people were kind of just like, I don't know. But I was high. I was like, this actually makes sense for this. clip." If you were to go to the Lakers, it wouldn't work out. But Clippers, it makes yeah. sense. You know what I mean? Like anything, anybody that goes to the Lakers sucks. By the by the um, way,
0: Par- Parker Hines says in the chat, who's that guy on the right? You're disguised for subreddit stakeout. Spot on.
1: Yeah, it's um, the whole Clark Kent you. thing, right? Yeah. yeah. No. Yep. What so else did they say? They also said, um, who the fuck is this Jacques? Jacques Landau. Jacques. cooking. Oh, us. even when they typed
0: it, they it was even yeah, in French Jacques. as well. Yeah, and
1: they actually had like a
0: little, like oh, the little... cigarette things like mm. from Europe. Yeah, like um, Dario.
1: Yeah, like Corella de Ville.
0: Yes. Um, Good call. Good pull. Yeah.
1: Landell, nobody. That's what they called him. Why is he cooking us? So that was the thing that was going on. And I would be saying the same thing. I would be saying the same exact thing, dude. Who's this crazy Uh, son of a
0: bitch who's rebounding everything and looking like a Paul brother out there? (laughs) Actually, there was a comment in there. It was really weird. It was was
1: about Shamit's aunt. It What?
0: Oh, yeah. He used to be a clipper. He used to be a clipper.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can read this without laughing. Shamit's aunt cooked me on Instagram one time when I said we made a good trade ditching him for canard. I stay true to my word, bitch. That's <laughs> so I, I'm just like, okay, there's a whole history there. <laughs> you know, it just summed up into like one comment, man. Well, <laughs> yeah. I guess they like
0: Luke. Yeah. They like Luke canard, Luke canard, uh, by the way, he was out there throwing some AEW shit, right? Like he was, yeah, he was, you know, he threw through yeah. the elbow into, into Jacques Landell. And then he did the same thing to Chris (laughs) Paul. Like, what a son of a bitch! I want to, I want to find his aunt on Instagram and tell her that she's a bitch.
1: Whoa, what? I don't know. I
0: didn't know where to go.
1: Yeah, they like him there though.
0: So Uh yeah, that was
1: it. That was only you know a couple comments went in there and came out.
0: Wow. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is your the Suns jam session subreddit steakout. Right. sponsored by nobody <laughs> uh mario lopez i like what they what mario lopez brought up in the chat we put up 40 or 42 threes today hopefully this trend continues yeah the phoenix suns shot 15 of 42 35.7 percent uh, which was 10 more shots than the clippers who went nine of 21 for 28.1 percent is that something you want to see more from this team is more three-point shooting yeah, just continue to go. Then
1: I feel like they only made the ones that were difficult, you know, yeah. like the ones that the closeouts were hard because I think the Clippers did a good job. And actually it was pointed out in the subreddit stakeout that, you know, the contested threes and all those shots were going in for the Suns early. It did seem like that. It did seem like the Clippers did a good job on that end. Um, but yeah, I want to see more threes. I want to see Aiden hit uh, just threw one up there today. Jock, of course, two, He will miss them. All the yep. time, just like Aiton, but keep doing it, I guess. One of them will go in. We'll feel great. Well, you know? again,
0: I, I just think that it in order for our second team unit to be successful, it's like they've they have to truly personify three and D. Like they've got to yeah. hit threes and they've got to play some defense. Uh last question before we dish out the jam star and talk about the game that's coming up on Tuesday. Why is it whenever we play against Marcus Morris, he becomes prime Tracy McGrady? <laughs> this dude tonight, once again, as per usual. Uh, 10 of 14 from the field for 22 points. You look at the starting lineup for the Clippers. He's the only one, uh, well, I'm sorry. Paul George went four of 11, had 16 points, but two points from Evita Zubak, bots, Zubats, Zubats Shakur, Norman Powell had eight points. Reggie Jackson, big old fat zero. John Wall had 17. Kawhi Leonard had 11. I mean, Fucking Marcus Morris is their their leading score. Like, yeah. You have all those names on that team, and it's freaking
1: him. It's more frustrating and noticeable when they are actually winning, and especially in the playoffs two years ago, because it's it's one of those things where he he hates either he hates Devin Booker and has shit on this team with Robert Sarver and Booker. Maybe there's some island that they go to. Who Mm. knows? Like I just feel like maybe that's it. Maybe we these Morris twins. We should be on their side maybe they actually are the ones that we should be you know cheering because they have their side of the story too who knows yeah. you know yeah. maybe i went too far with that hopefully there's no
0: island with with the morris's the Morai hanging out there i don't want to go to the booker island. and sarver yeah yeah no please god jam no. star of the game all right jams here's a reminder subscribe rate and review if you're watching on youtube please hit the thumbs up button down below we appreciate it uh and let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is so matthew i think i went uh i went right or i went first last time so you're up
1: my turn yes i'm gonna go booker
0: oh wow why why oh
1: because he has an island with uh sarver they hang hang out on it uh no he started you know what I don't know. I I might be too hard. I did point out like the Chris Paul passing thing. Look, I don't look at the stats until we get on this pod. I don't. I just go from what I see. All right, but tonight Booker looked fucking great, so that's why.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, Pedro Gonzalez in the chat. Pod after every game. You're new around here, aren't you? Yes. First time, huh? After every every game. All right. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna go with. A uh, what the majority of the jamsters are saying. Jones and Sensati says Big Dick Booker. Kiko says Booker. James Kelly, an elite jamster, says Big Dick Booker. Ted Lubin says book. Uh, Shauna Liz says book. Nathaniel Dars says J- says Jock landau I'm okay with that. Like Fabio that says book. Big <laughs> Dick book from Alex. Yeah. Book 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 book. Mm-hmm. book 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 dude 35 mm-hmm. points for dev and booker man i was about to bust a rhyme but then i realized i can't um <laughs> i was born on the same day as eminem doesn't mean i can rap like him no dev booker was again fantastic like you said sneaky sneaky 35 tonight uh fantastic performance suns win on 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 the amazing performance by dev booker i'm i'm 100 okay with that so next too, up man. for the phoenix suns tuesday night 90s night it's gonna be the first is time. It? Yes, it's gonna be the first time we see the throwback starburst jerseys. We're gonna get them for the next two games. We get them for sweets. Yeah, we get them for the uh, the Golden State Warriors and then the New Orleans Pelicans after that. So, what are you looking for on this one? This is a team that is also two and one entering this game. They beat the Sacramento Kings by five points tonight. They beat the living shit out of the Lakers in their first game of the season, and in between the two, they lost to somebody.
1: Dude, do we get a new court, too, this year? Like, do we have an alternate court? We better I don't know, but that. that would be great. They have to, right? They got to. Because they have the teal ones, I think, that are coming out. Who knows? So you would have to have a court with that or something. That would be badass. Um. Yeah, so what are we talking about? Oh, dude. Yeah, so the Warriors are super oh, yeah. bored, right, playing basketball. What do they score? I think uh, Steph had 28 points in the first half tonight against the Kings, Jeez. and they had like 80-something points or something crazy. 89
0: but at halftime.
1: 89. So maybe, hopefully, they got it all out of their system. But this is another... I love these early matchups, you know, with these tough teams. because it's just Oh, yeah, like,
0: right off the... Well, that's the West period, man. Everybody's tough.
1: Exactly. Everyone is tough. Um, but, you know, they lost, they lost this the is the team the Suns have to face, and they're not going to look the same because you know I think Draymond will probably be traded this... Um, <laughs> This season, I feel like that's gonna happen. Um, but uh yeah, I don't know, man. It's another team where I'm scared. They're gonna get the win. I'll go with the win, even though yeah, last I time think- I said that we're gonna lose to the Clippers. But after tonight, I'm like, who's gonna beat the Suns,
0: right? <laughs> well, no, I think this is a win as well because I think that the way that this team plays, they're a finesse team, and this is a team that we, you know, we can play well against finesse teams. Like teams like the, the Pelicans are a little bit tougher, I feel, because you have like Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, did yeah. You see, Zion got hurt again today. He didn't finish the yeah, game. Yeah,
1: he like, but he like
0: fell on his back. So it yeah. was like it was like a new thing. It's probably like a tailbone bruise or something. Yeah, like Cam He's Johnson. Like Cam Johnson. So he'll be back by Thursday or whenever or Friday. We play them Friday. But I hope. No, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to this game. It's going to be on TNT. It's going to be the night slate on TNT. It's going to be fun. It's going to be the Warriors. It's going to be fun on Twitter. It's going to be fun. It's going to be firing off here on the podcast afterwards. Those are fun games when we play the Warriors, and you know that you're doing good against the Warriors when their trolls show up in our chat. So, uh, Jamsters, make sure you come and hang out with Always. us after that game because that's going to be a fun one. Defend us, please. Defend us, please. Defend our honor. Yeah, please, because if it's any of the Locked On Warriors people coming in, they're like, well, what are these guys? They're just fans. <laughs> they don't have access to the team. What are they talking about here? So we want to avoid all that. Come come, show up, show mm-hmm. out. It's going to be fun. And do to see those starbursts. Here's the funny thing is like, When's the last time they wore the Starburst? It was like 1999, I want to say.
1: Well, they they had the black ones, right? During the era where no one watched the Suns, like when Dragic was on the team with Monty yeah, Morris. I think it's so. Like,
0: I think they yeah they, they rolled out the black yeah, ones. That's but like the purple ones. I always like the purple ones better than the black mm-hmm. ones. I think it's the perfect balance of all of the jerseys that have ever existed in the history of the Phoenix Suns. What's beautiful about the the Sunburst jersey is it's the one that features the perfect balance of purple and orange. Right, mm-hmm. it's not an orange jersey, it's not a purple jersey, it's like a purple jersey with a bunch of orange on, it just looks beautiful. So, we're going to see those popping on the TV screens. And for all those fans who are you know, essentially like I don't know, 25 and under, this is going to be their real first opportunity to really see these jerseys on the court, uh, outside of just seeing old highlights of the 92 93 Suns or you know, Sean Marion's rookie year. So, it's going to be mm, it's going to be nice, yeah.
1: And Booker loves them too, it's his favorite. He's in a ball again. He get thirty eight points, right? Yeah. I think he yeah. get thirty eight. He's gonna look good, feel good, play good.
0: Yes, it's gonna be Deion good Sanders, matchup, baby. man. So there you go, Jamster. So make sure you join us after that game on Tuesday night. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Lissy. Make sure make sure you stop side or stop by brightsideofthesun.com. That's where I do all my writing about the Phoenix Suns. And you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. Make sure you. You follow us and follow at Sahara Bets because, you know, we're we're hooking you up. So let's do this. Yeah. Suns and, uh, let's
1: ride. Sons of Amsterdam, if you guys actually are in there, make sure that you fill out your stuff and send it back. Uh Waiting on a couple. And also this week, you can go in there and vote. There's a ton of shit in there to do right now. Sons of Amsterdam, check it out. Go on the forum, go vote. There's a lot of funny things to do. Um, If you go check it out, let me know in the comments in the forum. And if you have any questions at sends at oh sons jams at Jamsterdam. <laughs>
0: Sonsjamsterdam at gmail.com.
1: Thank you for selling to John. And I go do. home and um love your family and go to Tel Taco. Del Taco. All right.